Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Upress Play News. My name is Natalia. I'm the news editor. I'm Jillian. I'm the editor in chief. I'm Michael. I'm the social media manager. And on today's list of topics, we have COVID updates, a car crash on Camino Real, the new transgender bill, the situation regarding an arrested Belarusian journalist. So as this falls in-person learning approaches, the UPA has begun doing weekly COVID-19 updates on the website, uh, which you can read at the upressonline.com. Uh, some things to note this week include the three cases that are, are currently active on campus. Two of the cases are students and one is a faculty member. Vaccination rates continue to increase in the county with uh, 14,888 more additional people being fully vaccinated. This makes the total of fully vaccinated people in Palm Beach County about 749,116 as of June 3rd, according to the county's COVID-19 vaccine summary. And President Biden's current goal is to have about 70% of the American population vaccinated by the 4th of July. But according to the Sun Sentinel, Florida is nowhere near reaching that goal and vaccination rates have actually decreased by more than 50%. According to the Sentinel, public health experts say that many more Floridians must get vaccinated or the entire state will suffer. Five million more Floridians would have to get vaccinated to meet the goal of 70%. And at this rate, that could take until Christmas if it happens at all. So that's pretty far down the line. Um, and we've talked about the Royal Caribbean in past episodes. Um, we talked about how you know there was some debate as uh, because they wanted to make the majority of their passengers vaccinated and because of Don and because of Ron DeSantis, they they can't because of the ban on the vaccine passports. So according to the Sun Sentinel, again, the cruise line did cave in because apparently they are no longer going to have uh, their passengers prove their vaccination status. Cruise lines that cannot ensure 95% of its passengers are vaccinated need to receive a conditional sailing certificate from the CDC and after performing at least one sailing test to prove that their ships are you know, up to COVID safety protocols. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that the rates of vaccination have slowed um, for Florida as a whole. Uh, I was reading that they're having trouble getting a lot of people in more rural areas um, access to the vaccine. And there's a lot of hesitancy uh, among some populations in places like that. I, I think we're doing pretty good here in South Florida for the most part, but um, in general, definitely need to get more. Uh, I'm disappointed that the cruise lines would cave to Ron DeSantis on that because to me, just from an outsider looking in, they had all the leverage to, you know, make a change and, and put economic pressure on the state. And, you know, we all know that morals don't talk, but money talks sometimes. So um, that new like uh, sailing certificate thing just doesn't, it seems like a half measure to me. And I don't know that it's going to do much. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see. Last week, a car full of teenagers crashed, which ended up killing two teens and two adults. The 18-year-old driver had six passengers. Uh, most, if not all of them, were between the ages of 12 and 14, uh, while he was speeding at about 90 miles per hour on Camino Real. At 12.35 a.m., he lost control of his vehicle, spun out of control, veered over the medium, and hit a concrete pole, and eventually landed upside down on top of another vehicle, killing the couple inside. The couple, one 58 and the other 55 years old, were pronounced dead at the hospital. The driver and two of his 13-year-old passengers were pronounced dead at the scene, and five others were injured. Uh, there's currently a memorial on Camino Real for the victims of this tragedy. Um, and, and I wanted to talk about this week because I feel like 
when I'm looking at the news, I see a lot of crashes lately. But um, yeah, this was a really bad one. Yeah, I saw this on the news too. Um, I, I think that this is uh, independent of this. This is like a growing trend down here in South Florida of people driving uh, dangerously. Um, I've lived all over the country. I, I've, I've been to a lot of the states and I've never seen driving like this down here. Um, and I, I think that, like you said, Jillian, you're seeing it a lot more on the news too. I was watching um, the local news the other day and I saw a, like a, a car that had flipped in a residential neighborhood in Miami. And they talked to a older woman who said that she's scared to cross the street or walk on the sidewalk in her neighborhood because it's like a 30 mile per hour um, speed limit and people are doubling it and going really fast and overturning their cars. So, I mean, this is like a, this puts you in danger every time you get in the car. I don't even like driving down here half the time because I'm afraid I'm going to get hit by someone going crazy. And you see all these people having road rage and, and, and honking at people, swerving at people all the time. It's worse on the freeways, 95 and stuff like that. And um, I, I don't know necessarily what you can do to stop it though. I know that this victim was pretty young, so he might not have had much driving experience, but it just seems like it's a huge trend down here to drive dangerously, to drive too fast, to take corners too fast. And it's a shame in this case and in all cases, but especially in this case, because of um, how many young people got hurt. And, you know, he goes over the median and lands on the other lane and kills two innocent people who were just driving in the other lane. So that's just terrible. Yeah, like, also, like, we're forgetting, like, we live in South Florida. There's a lot of crazy drivers down here. Go to Miami. There's, like, a ton of bad, pe like, people that can't drive in Miami. I've been to Miami, I don't know how many times. But it's always, like, you always see, like, people just, like, varying into each other. Or, like, I think I was in Miami a couple weeks ago, and I saw a car just, like, backing up as another car was coming by. And I'm like, why? why do you not see that another person is coming but like besides that i think it's also like very sad that we are seeing a lot of i feel like every single day i'm seeing like there's another car crash in south florida and sadly it's might only become worse just because we're going back to normal or somewhere of a normal um and people are going back going out so we might be seeing more of these types of sadly car crashes and car accidents uh, I, I did want to say, too, to add on to this, I uh, I read something that was, I think the Sun Sentinel wrote it. It, it might have been the Herald, but I'm pretty sure it was the Sun Sentinel. Back in December, they wrote that the stretch of 90, there's a stretch of 95 down here that's considered the most dangerous freeway in America. And there's all kind of um, numbers and stuff they put into it. I can't recall them from the top of my head, but um, they're basically saying that this little stretch of highway had more fatal crashes than like the entirety of 95, which stretches up to like the East Coast and Maine and stuff, I think. So, um, and then in addition to that, they were saying that there's like not enough um, troopers on the on the freeways to, um, I think it's BSOs to patrol these, these freeways and make sure people are driving safe, pulling over the people that are speeding, stuff like that. I mean, in, in my experience, I've seen the police driving pretty crazy even on the freeways. So, it's like, um, you know, I'll, I'll be going 65 or 70 on the freeway and a cop will pass me going 90 and he's not after someone, he's just going that fast. And um, 
I don't know, man. I, I don't drive that way. I don't know how anyone can drive that way. I value my car. I value my life. And I, I don't get how people don't do that when they get in the car. It's like, don't, don't you want to make it home or like make it to your destination? I don't get it. But I think that it's clear we need something to change here, but I don't know what, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, part of why I wanted to bring this story up too is like, because there was such a high death toll from this and that, um, there's a lot of outcry from like the local area to perhaps set something up and make it safer. I think apparently that's a stretch of road that speeding is quite a problem on. So I think there's talks about maybe adding a speed bump or something, but I, I, I read that the local residents really want something to be done about it to make it safer. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a good idea. And I think that, um, you know, speed limits might not work lowered speed limits because people go faster anyway but speed bumps they do work and um obviously that doesn't help us on freeways and stuff like this but in this case or like the case i saw on the news last week down in miami um which is pretty crazy because the car was on fire like the cop had to drag the guy out of the car um but if you put more of the speed bumps in the residential areas and stuff no one's trying to destroy their 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 suspension so um, maybe that'll that'll help. We'll have to see. Okay, uh, the next one is uh, the transgender bill that Ron DeSantis signed. Uh, he signed it on Tuesday, which is June 1st, the first day of Pride Month. Uh, and it's a, a piece of legislation that bans trans women from girls and women's sports on the high school and college level. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, quote, I think standing up against discrimination of our women athletes, I think that's the right thing to do this month next month and any month. The law states that women and girls must play on the sports teams of their biological sex at birth, quote unquote. Uh, some people, a lot of people accused the bill of being transphobic and said DeSantis signed the bill on the first day of Pride Month on purpose. Uh, a Democratic state senator here, Chevron Jones, he decried the bill calling it, quote, yet another hate-driven attack from the governor and Republican legislators and saying it's insulting that they've staged this morning's photo op on the first day of Pride Month, according to CBS Miami. And he also continued and said, at the end of the day, transgender kids are just kids. They need to be heard, trusted, and supported, and this law will deny kids across the state critical life lessons, including teamwork, dedication, and how to lose with grace and win with humility. Uh, Nikki Freed, our agricultural commissioner, who recently announced that she would run for governor in 2022, challenging DeSantis, called the man quote unquote heartless and said DeSantis is marginalizing an entire community. The NCAA governing body, that's the main governing body for all college sports in the country said that it is quote firmly and unequivocally or that it firmly and unequivocally supports the opportunity for transgender student athletes to compete in college sports and that it would only hold NCAA championship events at location where hosts can commit to providing an environment that is safe, healthy and free of discrimination. In the past, the NCAA has threatened to move championships out of states that discriminate against LGBTQ people, and the organization did pull seven championship events from the state of North Carolina in 2016 over a transgender bathroom bill. DeSantis was unmoved by the NCAA's threats, saying, we will stand up to groups like the NCAA who think that they should be able to dictate the policies in different states. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about this first. I definitely have some pretty strong opinions on this, um, but I'll let you guys go ahead. Yeah, what really boiled my blood with this especially was that this was signed on the first day of Pride Month, because how is that not intentional, I guess? <laughs> like, how how do you make such a coincidence like that? It, it's really, like, 
it just feels really disrespectful <laughs> to say the least I guess and yeah that was really really astounding to me yeah so I know we actually talked about this before um back when it was actually like proposed we actually talked about it here on you press play um but besides that I just think number one the fact that he signed this on the first day of pride month I feel like he did this on purpose number one because he's like oh it's pride month let's do on the first day let's try to discriminate them on the first day and then two why does somebody care whether or not a girl or like you know who plays on a sports team like I think if you're if you're a transgender person you should be able to play and be who you are according to what you feel like of course there is like you know one entire other thing with like biological tests and everything else that like they decry about being like it's unfair and stuff like that but look at the facts they've barely there's like barely any statistics that say that men have like tried to be on like women's sports teams and stuff like that and I think especially pride month right now and all the stuff that we're doing for pride month I think we should be able to I think we should make it as comfortable as possible for transgender people and this goes beyond sports you know make them feel welcome in a community you know this is this is where they grow up high school college you spend your you spend eight years of your life between college and high school I think you should be able to you know do what you want to do and be on a sports team that you want to be a part of without being discriminated based on your biological sex yeah uh like like Jillian, this this made me pretty mad, honestly. Um, signing it on Pride Month, the first day of Pride Month, and saying that it's a coincidence is ridiculous. Uh, Ron DeSantis may not be very smart, but he went to Harvard and Yale somehow, so there's no way he doesn't know that coincidence. That's number one. Number two, these guys don't care about women's sports until they want to discriminate against transgender people. Ron DeSantis has probably never watched a women's sport in his life. I refuse to believe that in his free time he's turning on you know, a women's college basketball game or volleyball game. He's, this is a, transgender people in this case are a political football. And I think that he is riling up his conservative base because he wants to run for president and he wants to show, you know, what he's all about. So I think the bill is definitely transphobic. Uh, and I think at the core of it is a like a logical fallacy, which makes the, the whole bill ridiculous, is that they're implying that people are, sort of it to me they're implying that people will say they're transgender to compete in women's sports which I don't think happens I don't think anyone does that no one is a terrible basketball player and goes home and thinks to themselves how can I be better oh I'll tra I'll, I'll go play I'll be transgender and go play with the women no one has ever done that that's ridiculous um to me so um you know, another thing I thought that was interesting was at the end where he said he would stand up to groups like the NCAA. The NCAA um, has a lot of power and a lot of money. And in the past, when they pulled their events from North Carolina for that bathroom bill, uh, the NBA also pulled their NBA All-Star game from Charlotte. And those were two factors that ended up in that bill eventually being repealed. So uh, he can say what he wants right now, but when the NCAA starts taking away every college basketball venue, college football, because this goes for all the sports, not just women's sports, then he might be singing a different tune because those bring a ton of money in and um, stuff like that. I mean, they play the Orange Bowl in, in Florida. They play, you know, um, 
college basketball games in Florida in the NCAA tournament. These are billion dollar events. So um, we'll have to see what happens with that specifically. But I think that this was definitely on purpose. He did it during in on Pride Month on purpose. Um, it's just nothing he does surprises me anymore. But I, I know that he's trying to rile up, you know, his base and stuff like that. And and he has his plans on 2024, and he wants to build up a rapport with people that think these issues are important. So they'll go out to the polls and vote for him. So. So last month on May 23rd, Belarusian opposition activist and journalist Roman Prolesevich was arrested by the Belarus authorities after his Ryanair flight was unexpectedly diverted and routed in the capital of Minsk. The journalist is also a vocal critic of President Lukashenko of the country of Belarus, and he is also the founder of a telegram channel called Nexta, and he is also on the government wanted list for terrorism. Now, this is for the journalist. Nexta is a broadly used to organize anti-government protests and is classified as an extremist in the country. According to CNN, Ryan Ayer said in a statement that the flight was informed of a potential security threat on board by the air traffic control of Belarus and were told to make an emergency landing at the nearest airport. On the 24th, Biden condemned the arrest of, of the journalist as a direct affront to international norms. He also said that this outrageous incident in the video appears to have made under, under derudish or shameful assaults on both political dissent and the freedom of press. The opposition journalist activists later on pleaded guilty to organizing illegal protests against the regime. Uh, duress basically means threats, violence, or any other action that is brought to bear on someone to do something against their will. And some geographical information on Belarus. Uh, Belarus borders Poland, Ukraine, Latvia, Russia, and Lithuania. Just some geographical information so you know where Belarus is located. Uh, so is there more that you can tell us about the situation in Belarus? So basically, from what I've heard, the government in Belarus is very, how do I even put this? It is basically when the president of Belarus was basically put again into power, people went again, uh, people went onto the streets and protested. And this basically caused a whole entire uproar with the government and stuff. And the Belarus, uh, the journalist basically, he is a very opposition to the government and he doesn't like it. and Basically, they, there's a way for governments, um, international governments, to kind of look into opposition, um, opposition activists and journalists and stuff like that. That's as much as from what I've read and from what I've heard. Yeah, uh, this is pretty crazy because they made, the, the, the plane was on its way to a different country and they made it land solely so they could arrest this guy which is is why biden said you know that it's it's such a violation of international norms is that you know if you're if you're wanted in a country on some kind of sham charge for being you know a, a quote-unquote terrorist that that they can't force you to land and, and then take you and um put you in prison you know what i mean um so i don't uh I saw a couple of days ago with this story that they're saying that his confession was forced. This journalist, he had a 
ligature marks on his wrists and stuff showing that he had been tied up and stuff like that. So, uh, and he said that he admitted that he was trying to topple President Lukashenko's regime, which sounds ridiculous, you know what I mean? So um, uh, this seems pretty much just like a regime that doesn't wanna be criticized. You know, Turkey's like this right now with um, their leader, um, Mr. Erdogan, I think his name is. And if you criticize the regime, they, they file, they, they call you a terrorist. And if you're out of the country and you come in, they'll arrest you. Or if you try to travel internationally, they'll arrest you. So um, I, I, I'm with Biden on that one and with anyone else that like, you know, dissent should not be punished in this way. You shouldn't be arrested or whatever. And um, it's, you know, pretty much the most patriotic thing you can do right now because there's a lot of corruption in Belarus and stuff like that. And that's what people are mad about. So you speak truth to power, you shouldn't end up, you know, being detained and possibly tortured because his family looking at the wrist marks and stuff were saying that they thought he might've been possibly tortured to, you know, confess um, his quote unquote crime. We have come to the end of another episode of You Press Play News. Tune in next time for more news and more information from us.